Hello, this is Jeff from the future. This episode was recorded in 2020 as part of an original attempt at a music review podcast. The original idea was to discuss new music as it was being released, but 2020 being what it was, brought quite a few album postponements and other complications. So this series continued through 2020 and into 2021. We are now here in 2022 at the time I am recording this. So what you are about to listen to is not the Sound Judgment podcast, but an early iteration. Also, being that it was recorded more than two years ago now, some of our thoughts and opinions may have changed, considering that we are, in fact, people who are continuously trying to learn and better ourselves. Enjoy the show. Do you like Alice Cooper, Jeff? <laughs> uh, how many times have I gone to see Alice Cooper now? Their early work was a little too art rock for my taste, but when Love It to Death came out in 71, I think they really came into their own, commercially and artistically. Are you? The whole album has a crisp, clear sound, what and are a new shading of consummate professionalism that really gives the songs a big boost. Who's... He's been compared to Kiss, but I think Alice has a far more bitter, cynical sense of humor. What? In 73, Alice released this, <laughs> Billion Dollar Babies, their most accomplished album. I think their undisputed masterpiece is No More Mr. Nice Guy. A song so catchy, most people probably don't listen to the lyrics, but they should, because it's not just about the pleasures of being punched in the face by Reverend Smith, it's also a personal statement about the band itself. Are you gonna hey keep... Paul, and then I murder you with an axe. I just wanted you to not get American Psycho references you're again. Keep, you're gonna keep reading more? No, that's it. That's the, that's the American Psycho reference. Oh, I had no clue what you were doing. I, I know you were, didn't. I you just wanted reading, to do it. You were reading just, something, so I'm just like, screw it. I'm going to take this time to shove tacos in my face. <laughs> I, no, I just, I just modified the, uh, the, the thing from American Psycho. I just wanted oh. you to not get it again. Like, because I've done it so many I times. Know, I know you have. I'm sorry. All right, but now we're actually going to talk about Alice Cooper. <laughs> okay, well, our match will have a mouthful of taco, because I thought you were going to keep going. That's fine. So no, go I'm going to go into this. I'm going to go into this assuming most people have at least the most basic understanding of who Alice Cooper is as a musician. Uh, if not, I'm going to recommend the compilation Mascara and Monsters. It's actually the only compilation that obtained the rights to to use music from like every album from Love It to Death up until Trash. So most of his prolific songs are actually on it because there are best ofs that are just like from the band era that won't have like Poison or Welcome to My Nightmare due to rights issues, and there's like later ones that aren't going to have. Schools out or no more, Mister Nice Guy, or they have like live versions due to rights issues. So hold on, and as much quick. as can I interject something? Yeah. Um, just just to clarify, because I know this, you had to explain this to me because this really confused me. I did not realize. First off, I did not realize that Alice Cooper first released an album in 1969. Yes, like, he's been doing yeah. this a lot longer than I thought he has. Um, yes. And if you're going to come into the band thing, like, I was about to bring it Okay, I was going to say, cause I, cause you, because you kind of referenced it without explaining, because I knew yeah. that, like, I had no idea there was a discrepancy between the Alice Cooper band and Alice Cooper as a solo performer, because it's Yeah, because Alice name. Cooper started as the name of the band, and also he used it as his stage name. Um, this isn't a bio, I'm not going to call him Vincent, but collectively they all owned the name Alice Cooper, and that'll come up later, and so it was... It was the name of the band and also his stage name. And so the early stuff up until 1975, I want to say, Welcome to My Nightmare was the first one that wasn't the original band. 
up until then, it, it's frequently referred to with fans as the Alice Cooper Band or the original Alice Cooper Band. So there are later ones that will have like live versions of Skulls Out or stuff like that. And I, I think in this case, the studio versions are well known enough that they're worth having. Or maybe they'll be. It'll have come out before one of his biggest hits. Usually, Poison came out. Mascara and Monsters is a good starting point, and it's one of the few that has clones. And not liking that synth hook and clones is illegal in this house. Uh, oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, we're getting some harsh words already here. You get arrested if you don't like that riff. Wow. All right. So the first two Alice Cooper albums are Pretties for Pretties for You and Easy Action. Have you listened to these? I I have. They They're are more art rock than super, I would like. They are super psychedelic. I mean, this it so is again, this it is, is go- it is clear why Frank Zappa took an interest this in Alice Cooper at this point. This is definitely the, this is 1969. So, like in my mind, I'm picturing Jimi Hendrix. Mm-hmm. I'm picturing Cream. Like this is this is psychedelic rock, in like art rock at its not necessarily finest, but at its most art. Yeah, unfortunately, this, I think Frank Zappa produced albums. it. I think Frank Zappa produced it, but unfortunately, they are not of the same caliber as Frank Zappa, either humor or talent-wise. No, but I think Frank saw, like he potential. saw he saw potential in this, and he's like, I I want to grab onto this, and I want to give these guys like, let's give them a pedestal to stand on because there's something here. Yeah. Um. I'm going to say if you really want a taste of this, you could check out Reflected from Pretties for You, which was later reworked into the far superior Elected. Standing with your head held high, you will be reflected. You look outstanding with your eyes in disguise. Just be Um... And if you really like Paul McCartney Beatles, Beautiful Flyaway on Easy Action is kind of fun. Oh. But the best song from the time period <coughs> I don't think was ever actually put on a studio album. It's called Nobody Likes Me. I don't think I know it. Do you okay. know Nobody Likes I Me? I do not it's, think so. There's a live version on some early years collection. There's a few demos floating around, but that one's actually kind of fun. So, okay, so like I know the first two albums are like the super art rock. I'm looking at the discography here, and I'm looking at Love It to Death. Is that another one of the more art rock albums? Or no, that... that's the one where they really became like a like a classic okay. rock machine. That's the one with okay. I'm 18 on it. Ah, okay, now that I'm looking at the, at the track listing, yeah, okay. So this is when it, like, so it really is just those first two albums. The first two. You go like, what is happening maybe, maybe Black Juju a little bit on that third one, but, like, the, that one's really where they, were like, started honing into, like, the Detroit sound with Iggy and MC5 and stuff. That's really, I think, the first essential album. All right. I mean, I'm 18, Caught in a Dream, Ballad of, of Dwight Fry. Yeah. Like, this is when, I mean, this is kind of like when most people think of Alice Cooper. This is probably the earliest example of what people actually Of what they're thinking of. Which is that, like, super sticky, shock rock, snake around the neck, makeup, 
singing these like otherwise kind of classic rock dad rock sounding songs you know what we now would call dad rock but you know again this is super early this is still 1971 yeah this is still faking hangings and couldn't afford a snake oh is is this even pre-snake okay but I don't I mean, think the snake came in until until Welcome to My Nightmare. But yeah, I wasn't yeah. like either way. Like this is this is like stylistically, this is the what now sounds like dad rock, but in 1971 was not risque. But what's the word I'm looking for? Like this was shocking. Well, this was this, this was, was offensive, offensive and shocking. Yeah, yeah, this was yeah. offensive music at the time. I mean, and you look up the videos, and you can like kind of see it. Like, do you ever see the uh, the like? the hanging video he did oh, from like the 70s. Yeah. It is it is genuinely oh, yeah. it is genuinely uh not okay in a lot of ways. Uh-huh. And it's and it really helps cuz all the videos in black and white and grainy. Ooh, that does help. There is something about yeah. that like overall image that just kind of adds to it, I think. Yeah. Then that same year they put out their second central album, Jeff, and my favorite, Killer. Killer? Killer. The one with Under My Wheels. I'll say, so why is this your favorite? Is it because of Under My Wheels? Because that's a great song. That's a great song. I think Halo Flies is a much stronger jam song than Black Juju, but all of, overall, I think it's just one of the most solid. Like, I don't think there's really a weak track on it. <clears throat> I actually never think of the song Halo Flies, even though I know it's kind of like a like a fan favorite in a lot of ways. Yeah. I, I never think about it, actually. I think it's a great song. Here's my first hot take, though. Okay. School's Out. Great yeah. rock song, not an essential album. Let me look at the track listing real quick here. It's not that it's a bad album. I just think it takes place between two much better albums. Um, yeah, I mean, so I mean, like, I do know most of these songs at least, and this is definitely not anything I I super care about. Yeah, this is where he starts <coughs> playing with other genres, though. But I think he would do it better later. Like, I think Blue Turk is kind of fun, but I would be surprised if anyone went into this after Love It to Death and Killer ready for this weird jazzy song with a trombone solo. Yeah. Or a song about how he'll miss his classmates in Alma Mater. Yeah. This is definitely, I think, just, like, not what... Well, I mean, if he went in this direction more, then who knows, but considering the direction he did ultimately go in for the next 50 years, this is not what people wanted from Alice Cooper. Yeah. It's also, um, I think it's fun that no one really knows if it's a concept album or not. Oh, really? I never even <laughs> thought that was a debate, but okay. Yeah, uh, no one's really me. sure. Well, it, I mean, it starts with Schools Out, ends with Alma Mater, <laughs> yeah, I guess and you're there's not like some, a few things in the middle. Uh, it's good, it's like a C plus though, um, because Billion Dollar Babies is way fucking better. Billion Dollar Babies, I think, is, looking at, the, at this discography, I think this is the first album that I'm pretty much on board for the whole album like this is the first time I'm going okay I genuinely just want to listen to this whole album Killers for me is a little bit more I, I think of a fan favorite for me but I still think it's like a, an, a very good album and Under My Wheels is great And but Billion Dollar Babies is the first one where it's like every song on this is just solid you yeah know? it um, is 
That's the one with elected, no more Mr. Nice Guy, and, um, you know, sexual harassment's never funny, except when it's Alice Cooper running from a liberal Christian lady. Um. Thanks for the clarification. You're welcome. You're very welcome. And it's also the one I have signed. <clears throat> Is it? Yeah. I don't think I knew that. You were there. Was I? You you came a little <laughs> later in the day, but I had already met Alice Cooper when, when you I showed up. and I totally don't remember that being a thing. Sorry. <laughs> you're, you're bad at this. Yeah, what else is new? Like, we, we know this. I have the memory yeah, it was of as, Goldfish. Yeah, it was at Steel CityCon. Well, yeah, I figured. I just, I didn't realize, didn't realize that was a thing that you had this signed. Cool. I didn't know, didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and then there's only one more of the Alice Cooper band albums. Muscle of Love. What, uh, what are I your just, thoughts here? I just don't think it, it lives up to the big three ones, and it's probably not as good as Skulls Out either, but there are things on it that I think are really fun. Like, I like Big Apple Dreaming, and I like Teenage Lament. Skyscrapers and subways and stations Staring up at the United Nations New York is waiting for you and me, baby Waiting to swallow us now But, man, there are a lot of songs about his dick on this one. <laughs> I mean, I think the name of the album kind of says a lot. Yeah. So it's, it, it's hit or miss. It's hit or miss. It's not a shining star of an album. Have um, you listened to that one? I have. I think. I, I'm looking at the track listing. I don't really remember a lot of these. Like, they're not like. I, I can't, like, sing them back to you. It's like, I remember, like, oh, I remember this. Not really well. Um, I didn't know if uh, being a Bond fan, you you connected. Well, I'll to say, the man I mean, the there, there is the man with the golden gun, which is, which is, I mean, I don't know, I don't really know what to say to it. It's the man with the golden gun. It's a song yeah. called "Man with the Golden Gun." But then the split happened. Then the and split happens, you, and Alice Cooper happened? has. Do you the, like uh, know any details? What actually did happen? Because I do not. The, the best, to my knowledge, the band just wasn't getting along anymore. Um, I don't think Muscle of Love was what they wanted, really. I, I kind of think that that was sort of like a uh, we-need-to-fulfill-a-contract type thing. Mm. I don't think the band was getting along as they used to. And they sort of took a break. Alice Cooper uh, worked with the band to secure the rights to the name to use Alice Cooper as a solo project. The rest of the band went on and put out one album as Billion Dollar Babies, and it was awful. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I don't think they I put out an album. They put out an album called Billion Dollar Babies with another singer, and it wasn't good. Minor correction, the band was Billion Dollar Babies. The album was called Battle Axe. I... I did not know that. I'm going to actually have to yeah. listen to that sometime. You really don't, but go ahead. Well, just out of, like, curiosity, I'm going to open up a thing yeah. to remind myself, because that's um, weird. Yeah. Um, but then, probably the most famous album by name is Welcome to My Nightmare. Okay, and he had the rights to the name, like, even with the rest of the band's permission? Or was I it believe he, legal? I believe he... I believe they had some sort of out-of-court settlement, is what they did. Okay, okay. I don't... I don't... I, I don't think it was... They, they were, like, thrilled about it, but I also... I don't think there was, like, we went to court and settled They weren't... This. They weren't fighting it tooth and nail for whatever. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so, I mean, and God, who even knows? They might have thought, you know, this will never work out. But then, you know, he put out only Women Bleed and Cold Ethel and Black Widow and the title track. And they're all still fucking staples of his discography and live staples. 35 years later or whatever. 35 years later. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the album's not as raw rock, but this is really where he began selling himself as the classic frontman and like a cultural icon. And this is when he started having TV musicals and was on The Muppets. And kind of like the same trajectory of Ozzy from after leaving Black Sabbath, this is kind of Alice's Blizzard of Oz. He was on The Muppets at this point? Alice Cooper was on The Muppets. I knew he was on The Muppets, but I assumed that was much later for some reason. I mean, not much later, but it, the song he sang was, what, You and Me, which was only two albums later, so probably, I mean, it was before he started the cocaine years. Wow, I did not realize he was on there that, that early. Okay. It was here. between, That's... it was between 75 and 80. I did not know that, actually. Wow, okay. Yeah. Because for some yeah. reason, I was picturing him on the Muppets in, like, the late 80s, maybe. Although, I don't know also, what drugs t- he was doing in the late 80s, so I couldn't tell you. It's important to know that Vincent Price is on the lead into Black Widow. Is that really important to know? Like, do we really need Vincent this? Price is always important. Is he? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take your word for that, then. Good. You should. I w- Vincent Price is, is the most important thing on Michael Jackson's Thriller, because it's the only part of the song that remains listenable. Well, and the solo. Is that, <laughs> is that the one with... Oh, no, that's not the one with Van Halen on guitar. Fuck that. Yeah, no, that's, um, that's Beat It. Okay. Which, which... Well, Van, Van Halen's the only listenable part of that song. Which, for the record, Van Halen only played the solo on that song. You want to know who did everything else? Who? Basically the members of Toto. That's... Wow. Okay. Because, for the record, they were, like, they, they were, they were studio musicians. Right. Like, that album is basically recorded by the guys who also did, you know... Hold the Line and Africa and what's that other song that people for some reason talk about because yeah, they pre- because they pretend that Toto's actually good for some reason. Um, but yeah, there's a, only Africa. There's a really gr- no. Hold the Line is if you're gonna pick one song by Toto, it's Hold the Line. There's a really fun interview with uh, Steve Lukather, who's the guitar player, talking about how you know Eddie gets all the credit for playing guitar on on Beat It. And meanwhile, he's like, but I did everything else. But he, like, no one cares. No one cares. This guy came, this guy came in and played a solo and I did everything else and no one gives a shit about my work. By, by all accounts, Steve Luke, Steve Lukather could also play that solo without a problem. He's just, he just (laughs) wasn't the name. It's, it's honestly real funny. It's, it's pretty perfect. Then we have the weird disco period.
You know how we have that joke about, like, Kiss and Queen having, like, weird disco periods? Yeah. I mean, There's in, a reason in all that fairness, no one really talks about. Okay, go ahead. In all fairness, everybody had a weird disco period at some point. They did. They and by did. some point, and, I mean, like, the mid-70s when, you know, that was a thing. Uh-huh. And there's a reason we don't <sighs> really talk about Alice Cooper's You Gotta Dance. Um... The album's called Ghost, Alice Cooper Goes to Hell, but, like, the most disco-y song on there is You Gotta Dance. Uh, Go to Hell and Guilty are a lot of fun, and I Never Cry is a good ballad. But otherwise, what a product of its time. Which Un- should be appreciated as such. Unfortunately, that is, I think, how you have to look at a lot of rock bands who existed pre-mid-70s through the 70s. Because they all did it. There's so many bands that have an album or two or three or whatever that people just go, but what happened? Why did you do this? Have you listened to this one? I know a couple of these songs. Like, I know You Gotta Dance. I know... I know I Never Cry. This is the one with this classic cover of I'm Always Chasing Rainbows. Of I'm Always Chasing Rainbows. I was just going to say, and there's, of course, I'm Always Chasing Rainbows, which is kind of hilarious that this is on here. (laughs) But it sure has aged like disco. Some of it. Some of it, I think, is fine. I think Guilty's fine. I think there's a place for that. I have a playlist on Spotify that is just like, it is literally just disco songs by bands that were rock bands. It's like, it's literally just called Rock Disco. But I, I think the next two albums are classic. Which, which are uh, Lace and Whiskey, uh, which I think is highly underappreciated. I, people know You and Me, which I think we is great songwriting. But um, It's Hot Tonight is like super catchy. And then the song Damned If You Do. Did you ever hear a song that was like real super catchy in like a generic rock way? Like it sounds like a song that you you feel like you've heard before, but you know you haven't. I mean, I know exactly what you mean. I genuinely don't know if I know this song. That's just how I feel about Damned If You Do. Like, I have no idea if I've heard this song before I heard... Before I, like, listened to this album through yeah. the first time. But it just has that, that like, ring of a song that I've known my whole life. You know I, what I mean? Yeah, I totally get it. But I'm a passionate man and I Um, and then U- Ubangi Stomp is just, like, a really fun take on, like, the Elvis rockabilly sound. This is goofy and dumb as hell. Like, this is a fun album. But if you're a fan of his goofier shit, this is fun. Yeah, not a casual fan, but if you are a more serious fan, this is... If you know all the fun. classic albums already and you like his goofier shit, this is a fun album. And, and then uh, From the Inside, which is, as you know, one of my favorites. Yeah, which From the Inside is... After he was in rehab for... He was just drinking at the time, right? For alcoholism, okay. yeah. I was like, I know he had phases of doing more than just drinking a lot of beer. Um, yeah, this this one was just alcoholism, and he went he went into um, an insane asylum to recover for a little while. And he came out with uh, an album about being in an insane asylum. Huh. Um, huh. I think a lot of this album is fun... Not so much in, like, the gritty rock way as some of the early band stuff. Yeah. But it's like that It's like that era of, like, Queen and Elton John. Like, Saturday Night's Alright for Fighting <sighs> Elton John, not, like, yeah, Crocodile yeah, yeah. Rock bullshit. Yeah. Where, like, where it's kind of, like, badass. And, but this one's badass and dark and funny. And, and 
there's a really dark song about attempting suicide on this. What song is that? The Quiet Room. Okay, I was gonna say I I know this album, but there's to me this album has a few songs I really like, and then a bunch of other things that I'm just not normally in the mood to listen to. Uh, see the the only two on here that I that I skip uh, occasionally are Wish I Were in Beverly Hills and Nurse Rosetta. See, to me, this is one of those like I could listen to. So I don't really think this is a hot take or anything, but just like my personal opinion here is. How You Gonna See Me Now is one of my favorite Alice Cooper songs. Period. Yeah. Like, entire discography, this song is easily top five. It's it's absolutely, it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's amazing. It is one of my favorite examples of, wait, you mean that weird guy who sang Schools Out can actually write a really nice song? And that is How You Gonna See Me Now. Like, lyrically, I think this was one of the first times I went, oh... I should probably pay attention to his words more because this is actually really cool. See, I think that's like three in a row for me because I feel the same about Only Women Bleed and I Never Cry on the past two well, albums. Well, Only Women Bleed was, I didn't know that one. Like, I, I, I'm i pretty sure I knew the song How You Gonna See Me Now before I knew Only Women Bleed. Okay. So I, I think that's why this is the one that holds like that place in my mind. Only oh, and Women, You and Me. I mean, Only, see, again, You and Me is a song that I do I definitely did not know at first. Right. Um, Only Women Bleed is another one that's just like that is just such a such a brilliant such a brilliant song lyrically I, but I mean in fact we were literally just talking about this yesterday I just found out and I'm embarrassed that I did not know this that Etta James who is a, a very famous blues singer has done covers of Only Women Bleed sorry Alice but hearing that song sung by someone who experienced that type of domestic abuse firsthand just really kind of gets to me. Right. This is one of those examples of just like, because of who this is, this became the definitive version of this song. Obviously, I love the Alice Cooper original, and I love the fact that like, yeah, this this man sat down and wrote this song. But just something about hearing Etta James sing it, mm, mm, it gets me. Understandable. Uh, the only thing I didn't I didn't care for the arrangement of like the middle part, but like that's just a preference. That's a that's a preference. I mean, this is a little more. I'm definitely more into that style overall. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. just something that gets me more. But I, I I and then Millie and Billy I think is like some some of the funniest dark songwriting. I mean, I think he has a lot of that, but yeah, I can I can get with this. Just like a love song between two people in, the, in an insane asylum, and the the uh, refrain is "God made love crazy." Uh, he was thinking of us. He was thinking of us. Yeah, he. Uh, this is definitely again. Like I think Alice Cooper is super underappreciated as a lyricist to the casual fan, which just makes me go like, oh, I wish I want. Not that I'm gonna just like shove Alice Cooper down people's throats, but like I kind of want to at times. Like here's five songs. Please just listen to these. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, I mean, Jeff, this is the time for you to shove Alice Cooper down people's throats. Um, in some cases, yes. Like, right here, right now. It, but I'm not going to. I'm kind of letting you do most of the shoving. Because you know this discography much better than I do. Well, uh, I mean, I obviously want you to have input if you come to something. Like, well... Like, if you're looking at the track list as we go along and you want to talk I, about something yeah, like this... I am. I'm, I'm opening things as we go, just like, okay, wait, where are we here? Hold on. What's on, what's on this album? Because I'm really bad. Well, guess what? We're off the alcohol, we're off the jack, and we're on the coke. Oh, great. Wow, nice, nice <laughs> transition here. 
I thought so. And and we're gonna start to derail for a few albums, Jeff. We're yeah, gonna get we some are. Gary Newman influence. And we're gonna we're gonna do clones, the best song. We're destroying time. No more problems on the way. I'm true, doctor. We don't need your kind. The other ones, ugly ones, stupid boys, wrong ones. I'm all alone, so Yeah, see, this this is very genuinely an era that I kind of don't care about. Well, I kind of like there's, clones. There's uh, cl- Talk Talk and Grim Facts are, are okay. Uh, you, this is not an essential album, though. Yeah, this is like, I barely know this album. It doesn't, what I have tried listening to it, it doesn't do anything for me. In fact, this, this little era here between... Uh, flush the fashions, uh, special forces, zipper catches skin, data. Like this is, I don't care. The coke ears, the coke ears. This, yeah, the coke ears. Alice Cooper does nothing for me. That is literally, and and he and he does get back on al- on alcohol near the end of the coke years. But these, this is honestly the period where he says he doesn't remember. He remembers recording flush the fashion, and that's it. He doesn't remember the tours for flush the fashion or special forces. And he doesn't re- remember recording Special Forces data or Zipper Catch a Skin. I can, he was so coked out of his head. Yeah, and it, it, I think it shows. I really yeah. think it shows. He, I think he became much less clever mm-hmm. in this era. And I don't even know who the band members were during this phase, but they were not really doing him any favors. No. It's but, hard to say that it's not. there aren't some interesting glimpses of a guy who I think could make a phone book interesting... Uh, just being all hopped up on cocaine and rewriting Generation Landslide and writing a weird-ass song about Zorro and why is there an Ebenezer Scrooge song and also I Love America is incredible. I'm going to take your word for it. I, like I said, I really have nothing to say. I don't care about this entire era. In fact, looking at his discography, I can almost say there's like there's almost a decade here that I just don't care about. I've had you listen to I Love America before. It's the one where he's like, I love Velveeta cheese on Wonder Bread. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love those mountains with the four big heads. Yeah, um, sorry. That's definitely not... That is the it's kind of It's dumb as shit, 10 yeah, out of 10. It, no, it's dumb, and I think it, it... I think that kind of stupidity is totally interesting and fine in the right context. Like, for example, that that is very Frank Zappa-esque. Yeah. But Frank Zappa backed that with some of, Incredible the, some of the craziest uh, compositions behind it and mm-hmm. made that, like, you know, that, that the contrast of his lyrics to his music is, is, is the point sometimes. Um, this is very generic rock and roll with really dumb lyrics for a decade. Of the three, of of that one, I actually think Data is the best. Of um, what and special it forces probably has catch a skin and Data. Yeah, I, I and I think it's probably created at least one serial killer. Um, there is some <laughs> weirdly dark, uncomfortable stuff on this that I think is like in a weird way underrated, but like in a I don't know what you're talking about, and looking back on it, neither does he. Like he's like I don't know what this album's about. 
I don't know what I wrote this about. I was so coked and boozed out of my mind. And it, it, he's like said this album actually scares him. I yeah, I can get that. Um, have you? Do you like know anything off of this? No, not just by looking at the track listing. No, not as like this is great Alice Cooper work, but just as like this this is something that you could get into after you know Alice Cooper a little better. But like a couple of these songs, like Formerly Warmer and uh, Pass the Gun Around, I think deserve mention. It's just like these songs that I think, in my opinion, stuck with me like after the album was over, just for being so uncomfortable and okay. weird. Okay. pulls up the covers to hide in his wrinkled bed. No dreams go in, no dreams go out of the hole in his wrinkled head. Um, especially because Formerly Warmer is, like, this weird song, this weird-ass song about, like, having his, having, like, a deformed brother trapped in an attic, and he, like, has to, like, go up to the attic and, like, unlock the door and take care of his brother, and they keep him locked in the attic, and, like, he doesn't talk, and then it immediately goes into a song about, like, him playing a mall Santa. There's such, like, a whiplash between Formerly Warmer and No Man's Land that's, like, so strange. Oh, okay. Because it's just, like, it's it just goes into this weird... And then Enough's Enough is so strange because it's, like, it's got this bouncy, upbeat riff, but it's about, like, the father's abusing his kid and maybe murdered the mother. And We're maybe. We're not real sure. Maybe. We're not sure. It's fine. Well, there's one line that's like, hey, dad, what'd you do to mom? And then they never bring it up again. So I'm, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page here, and I, I really like this this two quotes. Uh, guitarist and co-songwriter Dick Wagner revealed in 2014 that Cooper had relapsed to drinking heavily during the recording of Data. Yeah, we just discussed that. Um, mm-hmm. And suggested that the album was a contract fulfillment requirement for which Warner for which Warner Brothers was not pleased and consequently made no effort to promote. Also, yeah. apparently, according to this, there was no tour to promote Data, and none of these songs have ever been performed live. Yes. So this really is, like, an album that I think you can just forget about. I'm sorry. Like, as a more casual fan, like, that you don't... As a more casual fan, absolutely. As a... As, as a... If you're interested beyond casual fan, it's a weird, interesting album. I think it might good be, might be a strong word. <laughs> I think it might be interesting in, like, if you are looking at the discography as a biography of Cooper's life. Yeah, I think it's interesting and important then. But I think as far as musical, as like as like a musical album musical goes, musical significance in 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 the grand scheme of Alice Cooper's, no, you're, there's nothing on here that you need to know. I'm merely putting forward that there's a few songs on here that I think are uh, interesting and perhaps underappreciated a little. Yeah, I, I mean, all right, I can I can appreciate that. I mean, quite frankly, mm-hmm. here I'm actually looking ahead a little bit, and I don't really see a whole lot that becomes super important again. Well, the next album has a couple songs. Uh, Constrictor. The album Constrictor. Has mm-hmm. a couple songs. I I don't know. Was he getting clean again during this? Because this definitely looking at this track list and going, okay, 
I know some this of these is, songs. This is becoming this is becoming music again. Yeah, this is after he took a three year hiatus from the music industry and came back clean and doing hair metal. Yeah, I would say this is definitely also like the hair metal era. This is one of the four hair metal albums. Which is a lot of hair metal. This album apparently also features Kip Winger. On a, yeah, on this is a, my least favorite hair metal album. It also features song. Kane Roberts, which is fucking ter- terrifying. You ever see him? I was going to say, Kane Roberts is that big scary man, right? Yeah, he's he is just a um, giant muscle. Okay, that's what I thought. I thought that's who this was. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, this album, as far as I'm concerned, really all that's super important is Teenage Frankenstein. Which yeah. is not his best song about Frankenstein. Um, no, but is mm. I think this album like look you know as someone looking you know decades in the future looking back at this, this is an album of getting back to form after a decade of garbage. Yes, um, and and the the follow up raise your fist and yell actually is where genuinely there's some really good stuff on this. Like, Roses on White Lace is underappreciated, but it's one of my favorite Alice Cooper songs. Also, it had the single Freedom, which I actually don't know this song. I don't think, at least. Okay. I'm not I don't, I'm not super familiar with Raise Your Fist and Yell, although I do know the album cover very well because it's creepy. Uh, yeah. It is, you well, know, you, that we, fist with his face in it. Uh, Roses on White Lace is the one where they played it live, and I said this is like... That one was almost a King Diamond song. In my eyes, blood drops look like roses on white lace. They won't wash away. In my mind, they're roses on white lace. Straight from the heart, so dead upon the bed. Oh, yeah, 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 okay, okay. I, mm-hmm. I, I get it. Yeah, and then after that, he did the most famous of the four, which is Trash. Which has has a, little, has a little song called Poison you might have heard. Well, so which has a little song which. Uh, I think is definitely a, a a fan favorite, which I admit, and I think we've talked about this before, I did not know this song the first time we saw Alice Cooper. Poison. I did not know Poison. That's... That was legitimately my introduction. Yeah. So here's my thing, is I I went in, you know, you, you kind of made me an Alice Cooper fan over the past, yeah. what, six, seven years or whatever. Uh-huh. Because my previous understanding of Alice Cooper was the dad rock stuff. Mm-hmm. Schools out, in my mind, was my definition of what Alice Cooper is, which is totally fine, but as someone who already listens to a lot of, like, blues-based classic rock from the 70s, I didn't need another one. Mm-hmm. I was unaware of how clever Alice Cooper really could be. I didn't know songs like Under My Wheels. Yeah. Um that were from that era. So, like, I, I genuinely had no idea that he had this kind of... Uh, that he was, like, this clever and this interesting. And I really didn't know a whole lot about, like, the the hair metal era. This might fact, shock like, you, then. This might shock you, then. Poison is tied with Schools Out for his highest-charting single. 
Is it really? Number seven, both of them. Genuinely did not know that. I I first I actually knew Poison before like I listened to Alice Cooper from like those old you remember those commercials for like the Time Life uh C D box sets or whatever the oh fuck they God, were? Yeah. Yeah, there it was on like a power ballads one or something. And that really? was the, that was like the first thing like I knew about Alice Cooper. It was like he oh, that's the song from from that Time Life thing. That's it's actually really funny because you know, know back then I wasn't even listening to music really I was like waiting for X TV show to come back on yeah exactly exactly I mean huh I, yeah I did not know that I mean I, I yeah I mean genuinely if it's, it's it's a song that maybe I've heard before but I definitely didn't know it I did not ner- learn to know the song Poison until you know what was that six seven years ago now I guess yeah Trash is good. I like trash. Um, I like bed and nails. Uh, do you know the song "Hell Is Living Without You"? I do. This is an album that I have since come to know, f- not like super well, but like I know this fairly well. I love the way he like wraps the lines around with "Hell Is Living Without You." What do you mean? When he's like burning inside this hell is living without your. does that thing where like one word is being shared it's the end of yeah. the previous line and the beginning of the following line which yeah which is the kind of thing that you see a lot in prog rock that i usually think is done poorly because it usually feels very forced but i think in this case um, he did it very i think well. it's very cool here considering the fact that i didn't even like actually recognize what you meant at first yeah i i think that was a that's a very clever example of it and then we got hey stupid yeah then we got hey stupid um no, I like Hey Stupid. I like about half of Hey Stupid. I mean, Hey Hey Stupid has the other song about Frankenstein that I think is super important. The better Mostly one. because in a live context, it is one of the greatest spectacles I think possible. I honestly think like the first like four songs are a lot of fun on this, and then also Feed My Frankenstein. I'm looking at the track list. I mean, Hey Stupid's fine. Love's a Loaded Gun is a good song. Snakebite? I actually can't think of how that goes. But this is, this is, you know, this is, again, Alice Cooper's kind of, like, becoming what my mental image of him was, actually. Yeah, This is yeah. kind of an era where I'm like, I'm finally getting to, okay, I, I know what this is. Also, I just found out, hold on, I feel really, really weird right now. Yeah? Um, I was 100% unaware that Slash and Joe Satriani played guitar on this album. What about Steve Vai? I knew that. Oh, Okay. I knew that Steve Vai was on Feed My Frankenstein. I was okay. unaware that so was Joe Satriani, and that Joe Satriani is also on four other, five other, no, four other songs on this album. And I was unaware that Slash was on this album. I'm that actually not sure. Either. Now that I'm looking at it, I'm actually not sure where Ozzy Osbourne is on Hey Stupid. Apparently, he's a guest musician somewhere. This is also news to me, but I, I, yep, I don't know. Well, I'm seeing he, he, he's a guest musician specifically on the title track Hey Stupid, so I don't know. I'm assuming backing vocals somewhere. I don't know where. I, I don't know either. I'm going to have to listen to that again and like really keep my ears open for Ozzy's voice because I don't know. But, I mean, oh. it's, it, that's interesting. I, I knew Vi was around. I did not know the others were on that album. That's kind of cool. We're all learning today. We're all learning everything. Can we talk about The Last Temptation? God, I fucking love The Last Temptation. 
Can we talk about the fact that honestly, all that really matters on this album is the song "Lost in America." This whole like this incredible. is a good this is a good album. <laughs> but if you have to take anything out of this album, please listen to the song "Lost in America," which just I don't want to spoil the lyrics for anybody. It is the most fun, blunt critique of American culture I think you could ever find. It really is. That's actually incredibly true. And I and I do not want to quote it because I genuinely do not want to spoil this song for anybody. No, no, it's really good. Um, I think Sideshow's a lot of fun. I really like uh, Chris Cornell doing backing vocals on Stolen Prayer. I think he, I like the way he fucking goes ham on the last verse on it and I really mean, hits those like, Chris Cornell notes. I was going to say, I just like Chris, Chris Cornell, Cornell going things. ham on anything. Chris Cornell can pretty much do whatever he wants as far as I'm concerned. Alice brought back his, his little ballads and did It's Me, which I think is a very nice song. It's Me is a very nice song. I do like ballads by Alice Cooper. Yeah, he's really he good. Does, he does good ballads. Like, he's not a phenomenal singer, but he writes great ballads. I just, this whole album, I'm just looking at, and there's not a weak track on it to me. The war, the, the weakest part is at the beginning of Lullaby. There's, like, that ambient minute that doesn't need to be there. Like, I will it should, never understand. It should, that it should thing, have but... been put at the end of Holy War. Yeah. That's, that's my, that's my, that's my negative review. Nine out of ten. <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. This album is one of my favorites. You know what else is one of my favorites is Brutal Planet. This is Brutal the first Planet? time. This is the first time that Alice Cooper got a one-two punch on me since like Love It to Death Killers on like five-star albums in my opinion. Oh, Brutal Planet I think is is another one. Like and this is sort of like I don't really want to say it's just like quote unquote like the modern sounding of Alice Cooper, but this is definitely like the most heavy metal that's not this, hair metal album. This is kind of a new metal period in a way. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't want to like throw that concept out like he's doing like corn or something. It's just like it's not quite heavy metal like like he's not doing Slayer or anything like that. But there's like a real punch to the guitar like that you get in new in new metal. Like like yeah. that that real punch. One, this is his second Jesus album. It's just conceptually an album about how shit the planet is. Um, oh, and I, okay, so that's... Hold on, speaking of, like, phases of Alice Cooper, we had, like, the psychedelic phase, then the dad rock phase, then, like, the the, the alcohol and the cocaine years. Um, I hair metal years. The and, then metal starting, years. and then starting with Last Temptation is born again phase. I, I totally forgot the born again. I mean... That's not like a phase. It's still like it's still part of. It's who still he a is. thing, but like, but, but like, there were, but there were a couple albums where uh, the religious symbolism was a little more visible. I don't think he ever got preachy or ever got like obnoxious no. with it, but uh, there's definitely some some tones there that I'm not yeah, even 100 I percent mean, sure I can call undertones. They're just kind of tones. No, but it, it definitely did shape the way he was writing songs at this. Yes. Point. Absolutely. Um, not musically, but definitely lyrically. And I mean, I, you, know, you can just read a couple of these song titles, and it's just like, this is, yeah, I, I think your description is this is an album about how awful the world is. Brutal Planet, 
wicked young man. Um, that the next song is called Sanctuary. Like, yeah, there's there's some themes going on here mm-hmm. that I think directly relate to what he was doing with his life and, and I, again, like, where he, he still is. And take it like a woman is an inferior, uh, only women bleed. It's Still is, good. Still good. But I will appreciate the fact that he is still fighting that fight. Yeah, it's it's still a good song. I still really like that song. Yes, I agree. Um, then came Dragon Town, which is we didn't need another one. We didn't need I, another Brutal Planet. I'm, I'll say I'm looking at this and I'm going. I don't remember this. I even know that I've listened to this album and I don't remember it. It is it is Brutal Planet too, and it's just not as good. the 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 best thing on it, I think, is Disgraceland, where he makes fun of Elvis for like four minutes. Yeah. Okay, I remember that. And actually, the bonus track "Can't Sleep Clowns Will Eat Me" is kind of funny. Okay, so I'm actually just looking real quick. I'm just really, I'm, I'm looking for the rest of his discography. I don't actually have a whole lot specific to say about any of these other albums up until the newest one. So if you that's have actually, more to say, go. That's for actually it. shame because I think starting with uh, Eyes of Alice Cooper, well, this, this is where this is where he starts stripping back down into more straightforward dad rock. Um, yeah, I don't think any of these following albums are as essential as anything he did back in the day. But there's a lot of like fun gems in here. I think Eyes of Alice Cooper is a is a really fun album. What do you want with me? What do you want from me is a fun opener. This house is haunted is a uh, interesting little take on the haunted house story where he's being haunted by his dead wife, and so he enjoys the haunting. A little voice way deep inside told me she was gone. <sighs> Okay. And I made you listen to the song that didn't rhyme. Yes. Yes, you have. And um, Detroit City is the song that opens... The re-recorded version is the one that opens up the recent Breadcrumbs EP. Because he did Detroit City 2020 to open that cover EP. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, This is an inferior version, but it's still fine. Um, This is... Like, Eyes of Alice Cooper is a fun one. Um... Along Came a Spider is a concept album about a serial killer, and I think that one's a lot of fun. That's another one that features Ozzy and Slash. Uh, so it's a little heavier, but not in like a brutal planet way. Just like in a like kind of proto-metal way. Yeah. Um, Welcome the Number 2, My Nightmare, is the exact opposite, where it's very focused on the goofy and fun side of Alice Cooper. Uh, Last Man on Earth kind of sounds like a Tom Waits parody, and then there's Disco Bloodbath Boogie Fever, which is exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> uh, then there's like he a did zomb- the description for you. Then there's a zombie beach rock song if you want that. Um, a dark blues rock song about killing your abusive parent. That's fun. Always a great time. He he makes it sound fun. Uh, but it's it's one of those ones where like if you're looking for a more serious Alice Cooper album, like you kind of move along. But if if it sounds like fun, then you'll be having a good time. Um, and then I I do really like the new Paranormal album of these of like these 
this chunk of albums, Dirty Diamonds is the constrictor of the bunch, where it's like it's there and it's the least interesting example of this period. Um, and another case of like sometimes a risky album that ends up bad is more interesting than just like a bland album, and this is just a bland album. Okay, yeah. Not not big on Dirty Diamonds. Okay, so because this is who I am as a person and uh-huh. as a music listener, um, as it should be a surprise to absolutely nobody, my favorite Alice Cooper albums are live albums. Absolutely. Fact, his surprise, I like live albums. If you haven't seen this trend yet, I don't know where you've been. What a shock. Um, yeah, right? The most recent album is A Paranormal Evening at the Olympia Paris. It is such a great mix of his whole discography. I mean, there's none of like the art rock stuff. None of the first two albums are here. But there's a lot of there's some super old stuff up into, you know, Brutal Planet is is on here and that was what? 2000? That was the it was in the more modern realm. Yeah. Um his band on here is phenomenal. We didn't really say a whole lot about his band. I kind of meant to, and I just totally forgot because I'm the, I the thing. The thing about it is that uh, like the original Alice Cooper band is is a very solid group, and after that he just kind of switches out like after every album, and his live band is not necessarily the same as his studio band. Like I think for his first band, uh, his his studio band was like the backing band for. Uh, Lou Reed or something. Oh, interesting. I mean, I have, I, I genuinely have no idea. I yeah, like I think, of... I think it's like Lou Reed's backing band that did Welcome to My Nightmare. There have been a handful of like key figures in in his band, and then his current band he's had for his current touring band at least he's had for a number of years now, right? Yeah, but the thing is, like, they they're not on any of the albums. Like, Nita Strauss is no, incredible. Has not recorded a song with Alice Cooper. No. But they're a touring band, which again we're talking since I'm talking about the live albums, right. here, That's kind of relevant. Yeah, um, his current touring band is like almost unfairly good. Phenomenal. They are just the most phenomenal, solid hard rock band possible. Yeah, and it's great because they're a hard rock band. Um, I want to say the drummer. I mean, they've all they're all guys who have done. You know, a million other projects. They're all on albums by a bunch of other people. They're all everywhere. And then there is Nita Strauss, who is completely left-wing. She is this super heavy metal shred player who does not fit overall in Alice's, like, dad rock style. But somehow she totally does. Like, he just fully embraced the fact that she is not a rock and roll player. He just embraced the fact that she is this crazy shred player. And she also does a really good job kind of fitting in. And I think she really shows off a lot on the A Paranormal Evening at Olympia Paris album. Yeah. In two ways. In a couple cases, she really shows off because she's phenomenal. And in a couple other cases, she doesn't show off at all. You can't really tell that she's doing anything different. So she's, I think, definitely a standout player in that she blended herself into this band so well. Uh, in most cases, playing songs that are older than she is. She's only in her thirties. So, well, do you do you remember the story she told when we saw her her guitar, her, her clinic? 
Yeah. Uh, which one? I mean, she told stories for two hours. The one where she was talking about how when she tried out for the Alice Cooper band, they told her to tone down. Like yes! The, on the shredding. Yes. And, and, and learn to play, uh, like, classic rock solos. And then she basically did it, and Alice said, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, so so one of, I don't know who it was, one of the producers or another member of the band, I don't know, they, they literally told her, like, this isn't a shred band, like, you, you gotta chill, like, you gotta learn how to play rock and roll. So she worked on it, I forget who she said she called, she took lessons off of somebody. Um, and then she went back... And then Cooper himself is going. This isn't. This isn't what you're here for. Like, what? Why are? Why are you doing this? Uh, which is which is so 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 perfect. So so so. Perfect. <laughs> um, but I mean, honestly, I mean, legitimately, I'm gonna say the majority of my Alice Cooper listening is this album. And because that's it fine. Does, like, it's it's a very good be, live album because it covers enough of his discography that. You know, I, I get what I want out of it. There are songs on here that I really like that are not, or well, there are songs I really like that are not on here, which you're just gonna get. No live album can cover literally everything unless the band sucks or doesn't have a large discography. But this covers the whole spectrum that I get what I want out of Alice Cooper. You don't think Without, that um, you don't think that Alice Cooper could do like a. Uh what 27 album live show um uh, and just do 27 albums in their entirety in their entirety um i'm gonna say probably not the man is uh getting up there in age and that's also like probably more than a day's worth of music so i'd rather (laughs) he didn't oh trust me i don't it's more than a day's worth of music I was like, I know you've recently listened to all of it. I have not like made a playlist or anything to see how long it exactly is. But well, some of them, uh, I, some much. of them, I, I already, I like, I know "Love It to Death" and "Killer" enough and "Billion Dollar Babies" enough that I don't oh, need to listen okay, through yeah. them. It was, it was like the ones that I don't know. I brushed up on. I'm not going to give grades or a real ranking, but I've separated them into some categories. Okay. The five that I would call good candidates for Baby's first Alice Cooper album <laughs> okay, are Love It to Death, Killer, Billion Dollar Babies, Welcome to My Nightmare, and My Weird Pick is The Last Temptation. Alright. The five that I think are good if you want some great deep cuts are From the Inside, Brutal Planet, Skulls Out, Trash, and Lace and Whiskey. I know Skulls Out like is the one huge song... But no one knows anything else from the rest of the album. Don't fucking lie. Yeah, that's definitely like... I remember when I listened to that album, I genuinely assumed I was gonna at least like be vaguely familiar with it. And no, like, sorry, I, I don't know Public Animal Number 9. Uh, no which matter is how the, much I pretend that I did. Which is the mo- like second most popular song off that album. Is it really? I did not know that. Yeah. Actually, I just, I just looked at the track listing and picked a song because I couldn't Jeff- pick any of them. I think I've seen two Schools Out songs live. Obviously, one is Schools Out, and the other one is Public Animal Number 9. I don't think oh. I've seen any other song from Schools Out live. I I can't imagine he has reason to play them, because, I mean, again, so I know we've talked about this before, um, in my, well, you may have cut some of it in my rant about David Bowie, because uh, I know David Bowie did that one tour where he only did new music. Yeah, which no one wanted. Like, you have big hits. You you need to play them live. I'm sorry. Right. Um, Alice Cooper is definitely a 
he's said multiple times. I know when we saw him speak, he said it. You want you 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 need to play your hits. Like that's why you're here. You are an entertainer, and you need to to accept that. Uh, I, I believe he even said, "Luckily, I love my hit songs still, so I, I'm not tired of them." Right. But like, so no, when you go see Alice Cooper, you're not gonna see deep cuts in that sense. You're gonna see songs that. Are I was gonna like, say he's he's very songs, good. He's very yeah. good at finding a a good balance between here's the songs that everyone knows, and he's gonna throw in a few for the fans that yeah want some deep cuts. But they're but they're still fan favorite deep cuts. They're not. They're not, uh, you know, throwing darts at a dartboard of random songs. Right. They are selected songs that are well liked among fans. Mm-hmm. So Which then my is super my, important. My next little section is like, okay, I've I've listened to the last ten. The other five that I think are are significant enough are Paranormal, Eyes of Alice Cooper. Along Came a Spider, Welcome Number 2, My Nightmare, and Hey Stupid. Then we got the section that I think these are kind of interesting if you're running out of material. Raise Your Fist and Yell, Muscle <clears throat> of Love, Goes to Hell, Flush the Fashion Data. And then the section that you don't you don't need. I was going to say, you did, you have pretty, did you list pretties for you in easy action yet? <laughs> these, this is the you don't need this. Zipper Catches Skin, Special Forces, Dragon Town, Constrictor, Dirty Diamonds, Pretty For You, and Easy Action. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I think Pretty's For You and Easy Action almost deserve their own section of... These are only really relevant if you are A, into art rock, or B, just want to know where Alice Cooper started. Exactly, yeah. Except with a big thumbs up for Nobody Likes Me, which I think was a fun song. I mean, and it, di- and it didn't make it to either of those albums, but that's fine too. How exhausted do you feel right now? Uh, that's a lot. All right, take us home, baby. Take us, take us home. Take us home. Get in the fucking car. You're driving. I've been drinking this whole time. Oh, go. Okay, great. Yeah, you have to drive. I can't um, do it. You got to take us home. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take us home. Here, take the keys, Chris. Yeah. Are we done? Oh, thank God. <laughs> no, you're supposed to say yes. And I told you. To I told you. Not. You have to take us. I can't do this right now. <laughs> okay, let's try that again. Are you ready? Yeah. Chris. Oh, thank God. No, you're, you're, you're still not getting it. Okay. I say Chris. You say yeah. I say are we done. You say yeah. And I say oh, thank God.
Jeff, how'd you like the new Alice Cooper single? Can I be 100% honest with you, Chris? I didn't listen to it. I know you sent me the video, but, like, I didn't get around to listen to it. 10 out of 10 good content. Um, (laughs) so hold on. Actually, I would love if we occasionally did a thing where we made the other person listen to a a single song live right then. No pre-scripted thoughts, nothing written down. Hey, listen to this, let's talk about it. So this is a perfect time uh, if you would give me, you know, four minutes or however long the song is, and I will be right back. We're not fragile, and we sure don't break easy. meditation no, no we're not doing that kind of meditation. <laughs> anyway so jeff what'd you think of the new alice cooper song okay I, i'll say hey so so welcome back to the first time we're doing this new bit that was accidentally started first off it is it is certainly an alice cooper song he is he is so distinctive it makes me i laugh. think he even used the riff from pick up the bones Here's some legs in a yeah i mean it's, like, it's, it's it's i mean it's the same it's the same like dun, 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 yeah well i mean like the 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 guitar part is just sort of like just really simple uh-huh. slow arpeggiated chord. but and then they but even like the vocal rhythm is the dun, 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 mm-hmm. dun, it's no i mean it's super generic like it's it's i mean shoot, we can find 30 million songs that do it but that is pretty funny to, to hear him doing essentially yeah. the same thing again which is totally i mean it's totally definitely fine for 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 putting out a quarantine song um yeah this, i would say this is obviously just a song about the fact that we're all in quarantine i mean the song is called don't give I, up and i want to say i was gonna say it, i was hold on i was gonna say it begins with a little like spoken word uh like pep talk but then i realized like no 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 that's the verses. The verses are all these little spoken word yeah. pep talks. Pep talks. And it's like super it is, cute. It is very cute. Coming from old man Cooper. He's, he's given us the strength to carry on until we can see him live again. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. He's to see so him much again. fun. I, I like that four years ago, um, I told you we should vote for Alice Cooper. And now that he has made a um, quarantine song for everyone, I believe he's actually done more for society during the pandemic than our actual president. That's a bit of a hot take there, depending on who listens to this, man. Just saying. You did tell me to vote for... And I'm just going to throw this out there because it's not a secret. I did vote for Alice Cooper in in the 2016 presidential election. Uh, I wrote his name in, and I, I do not care who knows that. Sorry, I refused to vote for either of the people who were, were seriously running. Um, so... I remember, like on on Facebook, I had the uh, the Alice Cooper banner and like the the profile picture with like his his yeah. thing around it. Obviously, I'm aware the man wasn't actually running; it was purely just mm-hmm. fun. But like, okay, so this is this is this is a, this is a cute song, and I really I really love his little his little pep talks here. Um, I'm also always amazed. Uh, so I mean, the man has a very distinctive 
singing voice for the most part. He definitely has like a certain uh, quality to his singing voice that always surprises me when I hear him speak, like just how normal his voice is. Like this is obviously him putting on a a voice that he developed way early in his career. And it sounds so uncomfortable to sing like that. I'm, I'm amazed he can still do it so many decades well, later. It sounds like he's straining his voice, although obviously apparently he's not. Uh, otherwise, he would have lost his voice yeah. many years ago. Well, and I've I've played you songs where he's. I mean, you've obviously you've heard songs where he's clean singing. Like, oh, I'm well aware the man is not a great singer, but he he is a better singer uh, than I think I expected him when all I knew were a couple but of I'd... big singles. Like, if all you know yeah. is "Schools Out." And no more Mr. Nice Guy. And then you hear some of his like more ballad songs. It's like, oh wait, this guy has like an okay voice. This but is, I do like fine. that there are times when he clean sings on something that's not a ballad, and his voice kind of rings like Weird Al. Okay, that's. Do you know a way what I'm talking about? Yeah. Have you Have you ever heard like the song that the song that didn't rhyme? I think it's called. The DJs were offended. My union card suspended. Billboard declared it a crime The melody blows In a key that no one can find Yeah, I get exactly what you mean. He literally just sounds like, he does sound a lot like a Weird Al with a, with a slightly yeah. deeper voice here. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. pretty funny, actually. No, I don't know this song. When is when is this? What um, is I think that's the Eyes of Alice Cooper. Yeah, I see that. I don't. I don't. I don't know this album at all. This this has to be like like a '90s or 2000s. Um, I want to say like mid 2000s, 2003. Okay, I'll say because that that's an era that I do not know of his. What what albums do you know best by Alice Cooper? Like, do you mostly know the band stuff? Um, no, I actually know his last few albums the best. What, par- like Paranormal Probably. and Welcome Number 2, My Nightmare? Yeah. Man, I actually really like Welcome Number 2, My Nightmare. I mean, single album I know the best is probably Paranormal, actually. I love that album. Well, you know Love It to Death and, and Killer. Yeah, but I mean, the album that I think I listen okay. to the most. Well, Okay. I mean, let's be real here. You want to go? You want to? You want to take a guess? What album I listen to the most? It's it's one of his newest Is it ones. Breadcrumbs. No, no, I do know Breadcrumbs. I totally forgot that that's a thing. What? No, oh, he has a live oh, album from of 2018. Course, yeah, a paranormal evening at the. You're Olympia right. Paris. Okay, yeah, you do love your live albums. I listen to that album very. That's frequently. fair. That's fair. Surprise! I listen to a live. Yeah, album that's a, a lot. shock. Um, and actually, he has a couple, he actually has a couple live albums that I I listen oh, to. He has a, a ton of live bit. albums, though. I mean, there's also live at Montreal. That's which a great is one. Phenomenal. Theater of it's Death is really good. So I have good. DVDs of half of these. If you ever want to watch them. Uh huh. Oh, do you? I mean, I guess it'll surprise me, but. Yeah, I I um, I am a huge Alice Cooper fan, so. And I know you know that. I don't know if everyone listening knows that. Yeah. But hey, surprise, just in case you didn't. But yeah, fucking surprise, I'm a huge Alice Cooper fan. And um, 
I, I, I think you could have a lot of fun going through the Alice Cooper discography because each one has uh, its own personality and it, its own trip that he was on while he was doing it. Uh, be, it <laughs> yeah. be it the alcohol I, 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 of the I, I, early years or the water. years he was doing cocaine or the times he was just high on Jesus. Yeah, I do need to, to dig into his full discography more. What I have a tendency to do is, I mean, I've seen him how many times now, is like looking up the set lists that mm-hmm. he's going to be playing and make myself familiar with those songs, but not necessarily the full album right. they're from. And some of the stuff he's done, I think you would be surprised and interested in. I mean, I've I've talked to you and I've played for you the album um, From the Inside, which he wrote after... Oh, yeah, it's Which he wrote um, after going to a, uh, basically an insane asylum to get himself off of alcohol for for a little bit um and that's where the song um how you gonna see me now comes from is him thinking about how his wife will react to him coming out of the coming out of the um asylum and the whole the whole album is just basically about like you know these characters that he met while he was in there Lace and Whiskey, you might think, is interesting because it's kind of a departure because the album is uh, him in the mindset of, like, a a classic noir detective. Okay. Yeah, he, he sort of did a, a a play on, you know, Inspector Clouseau on that one. That's the album with you and me on it. Oh, okay. So okay, gotcha. I'm, I'm personally a fan of... Uh, like outside of the the classics, because I, I I love you know, I love all of, well, the first two band albums I'm not great on I'm not big on but like not many people are like from Love It to Death to Billion Dollar Babies I think is like a perfect string of four albums even if Skulls Out is like my least favorite of the four, and I love I yeah. love Welcome to My Nightmare and From the Inside, but um one that I don't think people talk about enough is um the Last Temptation. Which is the album okay. that has um, Chris Cornell on guesting on a few songs? Uh, they did. Oh, he, okay. He, they reworked. Um, you probably you're you being a big Chris Cornell fan are probably familiar with the demo version of Stolen Prayer. I was unaware. I guess it's the demo that I probably um, know. But okay. But it like he reworked into a full song with Alice Cooper. Oh, oh, okay. I was just, I'm not sure what I'm talking. Okay. okay. I, I, I believe gotcha, it, gotcha, it started gotcha. off um, as a Chris Cornell demo, and then he he and Alice Cooper like fleshed it out into like a different song oh, and put it on okay, an Alice I, Cooper album with Chris Cornell doing back. No, okay. So that's okay. what I know of. I'm just thinking like, do I know what demo? Okay. I, yeah. I didn't realize that. I tend to not pay attention to like things that are demo versions of songs. Like that's not, well, I knew it as like the Alice Cooper song. And then I was like, Oh, a, there's also a demo of this that exists as just a Chris Cornell song. So I was like, I oh, cool. I'm actually not aware of that. That's not a But it's also the album with Lost so. in America on it. Oh, that's such a fun song, though. Okay. Um, and that whole album is uh, basically the devil trying to buy his soul. Okay. He likes themes. Well, you know what? There's nothing wrong um, with that. Yeah, and I like it because he does it. 
he does it in an interesting way that there's like a running concept throughout, but not every song is a part of the story. Like yeah, Welcome I to My that. Nightmare is structured as, you know, it's structured as going through a series of nightmares, but because of like the ethereal way of nightmares, one doesn't have to transition into another one very well. Yeah, it's it's a theme. It's not necessarily a concept album in the in the in yeah. the sense of like it's telling a story, which I am one hundred percent. The story is is for like Welcome to My Nightmare is literally in like three songs. Gotcha. You know who did a really good cover of Welcome to My Nightmare? Ronnie James Dio. Welcome to my There is um, a compilation of, well, it's a tribute album um, called Humanary Stew that I think you would actually really like. Oh, okay. Um, This is news to me. Let me tell you. Now, this is 1999, so you need to keep that in mind that, you know, not everyone is playing their A game here. But Under My Wheels with Joe Elliott and Phil Cullen uh, schools out. Now, you're going to flinch here when I say Dave Mustaine, but I want you to give the version of Schools Out with Dave Mustaine a shot. Okay. I mean, that's not a song that I need, like, a great vocalist for necessarily, so that actually might work out. That might Um, work out. Roger Daltrey and Slash on No More Mr. Nice Guy. That's a cool mix. I don't think I've Ronnie James Dio singing Welcome to My Nightmare. Uh, Vince Neil doing Cold Ethel, which is probably the most I've ever liked Vince Neil. Oh, interesting. Who, okay, that's also who, me. for the most part, is a massive sack of shit. Yeah, Vince Neil he killed yeah. a guy. I want to throw that out there. He killed a guy. I just don't want anyone to forget he killed a guy, and he sounds like a cat now. Reminder: I, I think everyone needs to remember he that he once killed a man. Um, I, for the record, he once killed a man. He was like, yeah, friends. like they were in the car together on a beer run. He was drunk driving, and he killed the guy. And the part that makes it even more unforgivable is that he got another drunk driving. Uh, charge after that and not even like within the same decade like this was something that didn't he'd learn nothing from um again like this shouldn't surprise it shouldn't surprise anyone, anyone but i, I think i think it needs to be brought person. up sometimes i i, I came I up you. with a concept yep. today um of i think i want to do because i was i was showing one of my co-workers the uh chubba b video Oh, okay. And, I love the Chubba B video. And I, I, I did the voice, and I think um, me, your brother, and my coworker all agreed that I should start a, a Motley Crue cover band, but do it as Vince Neil now. <laughs> oh, no. That sounds awesome. Bruce Dickinson doing Black Widow. Okay. D. Snyder and Zach Wilde doing Go to Hell. That sounds like a Phil Lewis and George Lynch doing Billion Dollar Babies. And these are all super groups. I'm just telling you the guitarist and the vocalist because that's probably who you're going to know the best. Wait, Phil Lewis. Phil Lewis? Phil Lewis? Why do I know this name? Uh, L.A. Guns. Thank you. I'm like, I know this name and I can't think of like who this is. Only Women Bleed with Glenn Hughes and Paul Gilbert. I am so insulted that I did not, that I'm not aware of this. Like, this is so much. This, there's so Don much. Don Dawkins doing I'm 18. And All Steve right. Jones, Duff McKagan, Matt Sorum doing Elected. I can, I'm like mad. Again, some of these, this. not the best performances. It was 1999, but some of these are phenomenal. And this, 
And again, I'm just I'm and this is something that you could put on Spotify and listen to on the way to work tomorrow, and you should. What is this called? It's called Humanary Stew, a tribute to Alice Cooper.